Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is show number 82, uh, and this week's guest is Kevin Camp, and Kevin comes to talk to us about uh, a lot of his projects. He uses his Holga, a Lumen Box, and of course, Pinhole. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lensless Podcast. Andrew, mm-hmm. how are you? Mm. Well, I'm this a bit. Is, so, this since, is show 82. I got to say, this is show 82. Yeah, professional as ever, Corey. Since you asked, since you asked, I'm in a bit of pain, but it's all right. I've got a bad back, and I've, I've twisted something. In fact, I, I think a bit of my body went one way while the other part stayed still, and something oh. kind of pinged in my back. And uh, yikes. So if you hear me yell out in pain, um, that's, that's what's happened. That's anyway, I've got is. a bone to pick with you. I'm going to call you out on something from the last me? show. Yeah, you. I didn't, what, what is it? Well, we had James, the lovely James Gurin on, didn't we, two weeks ago? So mm-hmm. uh, thanks, James, for that. And you didn't mention to him all the time we were talking that you'd, you were either in the process of or you'd sold your large format reality camera to, uh, I did. to Ben Reynolds. Mm-hmm. I yeah. did. No. And then it, it came out in conversation in the Lensless Podcast Facebook group, and uh, James basically said a swear word to you. Really? Mm. He said, F I you. haven't gone and checked it. F you, Corey Cannon. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, James. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, anyway, man. so I'm good apart from that. I've not been pinholing too much. Um, I've been do- I've been thinking about lots of pinholing things, and uh, I'm being getting quite excited about box cameras at the moment. So uh, yeah. joined up with Neil Piper and Alex Purcell in their little box camera group, and uh, uh, I bought this camera, this Agfa uh, Synchro Box, which has got two apertures, and uh, you can it's got a B setting, and it's got a built-in yellow filter as well. So if you you pull this little metal strip and you get a smaller stop and then if you pull it all the way out you then get a yellow filter which is really oh. kind of interesting and when i took the back off the camera there was an exposed roll of coda color x color film which looks I, i've no idea how old it is so i put it in the spiral and uh, i'm doing your i'm going to do your method straight after this podcast i'm going to go and soak it for an hour in uh, some of that Sinistil C41 chemical. My method. I got that method from Neil Piper. No, so he says Neil's... you didn't. No, he says you didn't. I, who did no. I get it from then? Can no, I Neil Piper. You don't, obviously don't go on the Facebook group enough. Neil, Piper, a couple of days, Neil no. Piper said, after you mentioned it last show, he said it definitely wasn't me who told Corey about stand development. Well, who was it? I thought I could have sworn it was. But there was, an article, there was an article published by emulsive.com just a few days later, in very serendipitous fashion, he published an article <laughs> on uh, stand development in C41, where he didn't, someone, someone had done it, you know. And the their, their results looked, they didn't, their results weren't muted. I, don't get me wrong, I like the results you've been getting, those muted tones. But well, those, those days were muted days, they were really overcast, you know. Yeah, but they the weren't. results I saw, if you read the Emulsive article, just go online and Google it, but uh, you'll find the article, and uh, the results are pretty impressive, I have to say. There you go. 
I have my developer is way past its prime too, so that has some a little bit to do with it. I think I mixed that batch up in two thousand and eighteen, um, and it poured out. It's almost like jelly coming out. <laughs> but it's still, it's still working. I think as long as it it's still working, yeah. And yeah, if you're definitely. not after, if you're not after laboratory. Mm-hmm. results you know in terms of accurate colors and stuff so who's our guest this week andrew no idea what what else have you been up to? well you said you said you haven't been doing it no, it, no doing... it's not about us is it it's not about us people say it's too much about us but in, yeah. introduce our guest cory go on this week we have uh kevin kevin camp kevin how are you i'm doing well how are you guys doing great how's uh how's tulsa it's cold. You. it's cold right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cold Kevin, procrastinating. Yeah. Kevin's coming to us from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma's okay in that what it is? And you want yeah. he doesn't get these. Well, get all I know is that there's a phrase from a song, isn't it? Something about a Surrey with a fringe on top. Is that from the musical Oklahoma? Or am I, am I getting It my could mind? very well be. I don't know. A Surrey, is some kind of Surrey. Surrey is some kind of cart, isn't it? Horse and cart thing. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, like like a uh, like a two seater cart pulled yeah. by a horse. Surrey with a with a fringe on top. Yeah. yeah. Is, are you going to start pulling your caravan with a horse, Andrew? I might do. Yeah. <laughs> if um, once I stop work and I can't afford the fuel for the car. Yeah. So Kevin, you. Um, and for everybody who's wondering, we're following uh, along on Kevin's Flickr. Um, so if you want to pause now and go in the show notes, the link for that will be there. So you can pull that up. Uh, you can, but you do a lot of stuff, Kevin. You Holga, Pinhole, all kinds of stuff. Debonair, little Debonair. Is that the one that you can get from the uh, uh, film photography project? Yes, it is. Yeah, that's the start. That's that one. Yeah, I had one of those two a long time ago, and I, you know, it broke. Yeah, yeah, mine did too. <laughs> so, it was a short-lived career with the debonair. Yeah, uh, I, and I never had any stunning results like Kevin's got on. No, so. mine, but didn't seem to like slow film. I ended up using a lot of four hundred speed film in it. So. Yeah. I tend to use 400 speed film in all my plastic cameras. Just mind you, I'm in the UK, so that's. But even when I was in the States with my Holger, I tended to just bung 400 speed in there, you know, and it was fine. Just HP5 or whatever. I like HP5. That's my go to grabber. So, Kevin, if you want to um, take a second, you can kind of fill everybody in about um, your, you know, pinhole and what you're into and okay um well i've most of my pinhole photography is with a zero image 2000 i have a couple of other cameras i have a a holga super wide and um a six by 12 uh reality so subtle it it has it has a few light leaks i gotta tape it up when i use it um but uh they're really you know it's super super wide and that's fine if you have something worthy of that. Um, but I kind of like the six by six, the small square, 25 millimeter focal length. Yeah. And, uh, you know, let you get close, but still not get a bunch of stuff in the shot that you didn't want. Yeah. We're all in that club. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) 
but I want to do some creative stuff with the super wides, uh, like at our May Fest. Um, I have a little studio in downtown Tulsa where I do digital photography and, you know, normal film photography too. And, and uh, they have the big May Fest festival right out in front of the building. So I want to get out and do some long exposures with yeah, the people cool. moving around, do that kind of thing. That'd be the perfect setup to find a wall and do like pinhole portraits or something where just people walking by and just say, Hey, just step right here. And... Yeah. It gets pretty yeah. shady down in, down in downtown. So yeah, it gets I gotcha. kind of brutal that way. How long have you been uh, into pinhole photography and Holgas and um, mostly, mostly since the beginning of last year. Um, most of my photography is digital with some 35 and some medium format mixed in. Um, but this last year, uh, I started listening to your podcast, several other podcasts and getting interested in doing cool. more film work. And, uh, you guys, and I had, I've had a zero image, that zero image for like 10 years and did never really use it very much. And, uh, you guys kind of got me, uh, excited to start to try that out, work on that, do something creative other than take pictures of people which is what I right. normally do. Cool. Awesome. Is your main work, uh, what, what, so do, are you a studio photographer or commercial photographer? No, it, it's... By day, Kevin, or is that just another sideline? It's line? a sideline. Um, most of my work was uh, model portfolio development for local professional models. Yeah. So, you know, you take pictures of pretty girls. Oh. Basically what it comes down to. But a lot of us... And you've started... Go ahead. Sorry, Karen. I say you started using pinhole and to explore that avenue as well with some uh, great success by the looks oh, of it. Thank you. I don't know. They look kind of mundane and pedestrian to me, <laughs> especially when I look at like you guys work and some of the people on the, in the group, I'm like, wow, they have beautiful places to photograph and interesting things. It's no, you have to find, you have to find your inspiration and your beauty in your own backyard. That's true. We've, We've said we've said it enough time. I keep telling Corey, but he doesn't believe me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it always sounds good. That, oh, I wish I could go here, or I wish I could yeah. go there. You know, um, but but the pinhole is looking. The pinhole is looking at the world in a completely different way. So even the mundane becomes uh, exactly super extraordinary. Doesn't yes, it? it does. And uh, and I've mixed in some shoots with people on pinhole too. Um, just to doing some experimental stuff there, um, using faster film, so you know, so you're not getting super long exposures. And uh, have you used any uh, Delta thirty two hundred or something in your pinhole? Camera? I haven't. No, not not that fast. I've about the fastest I did. I pushed some uh, Tri-X four hundred uh, to eight hundred, mm -hmm. and um, with good success because we had really bright light and. Uh, so, you know, dealing with like a three to four second exposure. It's not hard to work that way. Yeah, definitely. I put some of that uh, Delta 3200 in my 6x12 reality last mm -hmm. year sometime, I think it was, in the summer. <laughs> was and, it in the... Uh, I, I, it was in the daytime, oh. and the sun was out. So the, the uh, pinhole assist thingy Bob was saying, like, an eighth of a huh. second. I thought, yeah, well, that's just never going right. to happen, is it? So I just kind, of, right. I just kind of opened the shutter and closed it, and they came out fine. You know? I shot some of that fine. in uh, yeah. a six, the reality six by seventeen too. What did you have? You sold that camera as well? Chris? I have. 
James, <laughs> James Guerin, Corey Cannon. If you're listening, James, Corey <laughs> Cannon prof- professes to love your camera, I do. right? But he, but he just he buys them and, yeah. and clearly doesn't get on with them, or he's not skillful enough to no, use them, and he sells them. Yeah, I, you know, I don't like I don't like dealing with the four by five, with the film holders. I'm over that whole thing. I don't I don't want to mess with it anymore. <laughs> uh, it's just too aggravating to me. It takes away the enjoyment of doing it. You know. For me, anyways, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, the roll film is just convenient. Yeah, I like the six by seventeen, and I used it for a long time, uh, and then for some reason, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get it to uh, work with landscape and subjects. You know what I mean? Like nothing I could do was, I don't know, it just kind of like turned off for me. You know, so that was the first camera I ever had of James's was the six by seventeen. He didn't even have the six by sixes when uh. I ordered that one and started using it. He didn't yeah. have any of those cameras. So, so if you if you if you aren't suffering too much with gas, Kevin, uh, you know the the reality is so subtle six by sixes. Yeah, they're good yeah. cameras. The F is a good camera too. I have both those. I I carry one in my pocket everywhere I go. Just about. Yeah, you have the one with the two lenses as well, the two pinholes, mm-hmm. as well as the. Filter. I have two of those two pinholes. I have one with color and one with black and white and then I have a 6x6 six six F that I use for infrared and all kinds of other things. Uh, I might have to get me one of those square ones with the two pinholes. In. Yeah, that's fine. I was looking at... Uh, sorry, Kevin, go ahead. I thought I really like how he made that camera. The design of it and everything. Mm. very compact. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. I was... Did you see on the Facebook thread, this Facebook group, either of you, Daphne Schnitzer, has bought her. I know you've, Corey, you commented on it, the Ranica. I don't yeah. know if you pronounce that, Ranica. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Camera. And I, I, went on his, I went on his website, and he's got some reasonably priced yeah. wooden pinhole yeah. cameras, and I was particularly interested in the six. He's got a, Corey, a six by seven. No, five by seven, sorry. Uh, so you could put five by seven paper in there, box camera, yeah. you know, bo- uh, turtle stuff. The box you know, in box. Boxing one. and box in the yeah. box. Yep. Yeah, um, and it, was, it wasn't that expensive. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that looks really good. Yeah, I managed I, to find a couple of um, eight by ten film holders recently, and I've been considering getting one of his eight by tens pen holders. Are you broke? Are you broke now? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it cost you more than the camera, yeah. though. That, uh, well, I'll just use some cheap X-ray film in it. Yeah. No, I mean the 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 whole. Oh, I know. Yeah, more than I couldn't complain. More than the Rannick. It's seventy five dollars for a pair of holders. So I jumped sure. on that. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's a good deal. <laughs> did you see that on the eBay or did on you the, see that? I found, eBay? I found it on Etsy. Oh, right. I didn't, never think of looking there. Yeah, I didn't either. And uh, Daphne, we were talking about it. And she said, oh, you just have to find a good deal on holders. I said, there is no good deal on those holders. And uh, yeah. I just happened to stumble yep. on some. So what do you... As far as pinhole photography goes, Kevin, use our houses. I mean, do you carry a carry your camera with you everywhere, just as a side too? You know, I mean, you don't. It's. I usually have it with me. I have a little uh, go bag that I keep a couple of rolls of film in it, and the zero, and then just a tripod in the car. And uh, so, if I get a chance, right now this time of year for me, I'm you know, time I go to work in the morning and I get off in the evening. There's no daylight left. Right, and so it's you know been pretty restrictive compared to you know a normal summer day where you have four or five hours of sunshine after work. Yeah. 
Yeah, sure. Are you a tripod man then generally or a plunk it down where you can? <laughs> I typically use a tripod. Um, I do have a little Jobo, a small one. Um, but I'm usually, I have a great big tripod for a, a big camera. So yeah, I usually take it. It works. The, yeah. So I like, a lot of people are shooting with Lomography film these days. And I, I was just listening to part of the Sunny 16 Awards last night. Did, we, I fell did we win? I, we won, I, didn't we? Yeah. No, I don't think <laughs> we did. No, no I, think, I think someone called Gutterman yeah. won. I don't. I don't. I haven't listened to the bit about the podcast yet, so I don't even know if, uh, if we even get a mention. But anyway, not to worry. We, we don't care sure. about your status. No, symbols. we don't care about your stupid sunny awards <laughs> <laughs> much. <laughs> um, yeah, Kevin, you. So what leaps out at me, and I clicked on it to see what film you were using because that's what I do. Lomo four hundred, your reality so subtle six by twelve. That lady with the pre-Raphaelite headgear and the yellow dress yeah. is just striking, isn't it? Mm-hmm. At the, at the little bridge? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was... Uh, uh, I don't shoot a whole lot of color because um, I don't know. I don't know why. I just, I'm always drawn to black and white. But um, yeah. I wanted to try that, uh, that 400 film because I'd seen several people getting really good results. You can see some light leaks in that photo. Perfect amount of light leaks, though. Yeah, but that's good. Yeah. I, James Guerin, James Guerin builds light leaks into his camera. Sorry, James, you don't. Really. <laughs> yeah, but no, that I think the light leaks actually, you know, kind of it's proper Lomo stuff. You've used yeah. the film and you've got light true. leaks, Kevin. That's what true. Do you want? Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I uh, I feel the same way about color too, Kevin, because I don't know. I just feel like there's so much so much expectations when you shoot color because. Um, mm. if the color's not right or, you know what I mean? Like it's, right. I don't know, it just, I, I mean, like, if you're, if, if you're going to cross process or do something crazy, soup it in lime juice or something like that and change it, that would be different. Right. But yeah, you know, you know I guess with black and white, it's kind of expected what you're going to get, you know, it's like yeah. on the emulsion you're using the contrast levels and things with color. It's, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. does it look like this? Why does it look like that? I'm going to, uh, I have a little bit left. And once I get through the color I have, I don't think I'm going to do any more color. I think I'm just going to stick with black and white. No, you should do. No, your, your color stuff's good. Yeah. Do some color. I think, you, I think it's good to mix it up, you know. And having seen Kevin's uh, use of that Lomo film, yeah. I think I might get some for the box camera project and shove some in that. You know? right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm involved in the box camera project, too. I'm looking forward hey. to that. All right. There you go. Yeah, don't Cory isn't so we. So what box camera are you? Uh, forget this lensless stuff. What box camera? Are you? <laughs> so welcome, folks, to the box camera project uh, project podcast. <laughs> I've got I've got an old um, brownie Hawkeye. Uh, oh, I, cool. Yeah, I, did you flip the lens on it? Uh, the point is not. I've done that before. Uh, hey, I've got another I have, one. Somewhere. I have a Hawkeye in my in storage actually. Yeah, but you're not part of the I'm box camera part. project. If anybody wants it, you can have it. It's. <laughs> Wants to buy it, it to me. Yeah. It's it's a whole box. It even has the flash bulbs and and batteries okay. that say 1952 yeah. in it. Wow. Well, see, mine has the flash as well, but I uh, don't plan on using that. So, yeah, I'm not sure. See, I flipped the lens on mine, and I don't. I can't now remember whether I put it back or not. So, what does flipping the lens not, do? Well, flipping the lens <laughs> gives you depending gives you a once you've tested it to work out where it is, or maybe 
put a bit of ground glass in the back to see. Yeah. You get a sweet, you get a very narrow sweet spot, mm-hmm. and the rest of it goes to Dream World. Right. Well, it also, it also shortens the focal length too. It does. Yeah. I think with mine, I had, to, I find I had to get to about two feet from the subject. Yeah. Because huh. like in standard, I think it's like fifteen feet is your minimum focal. So if you're like, you know taking a portrait of somebody you're like well no i'm taking a full figure here and they're actually kind of small on the frame right huh. it, it's quite easy to do cory with that camera because you take the there's two screws that you from memory that you take mm-hmm. out and then the lenses just kind of sit in there and you yeah you just take it and turn it over yeah i ain't gonna mess with any of that stuff pinhole for life for me yeah <laughs> It's it's That's it's cool. a it's a nice little camera. It's very compact. And sorry, I lost you guys. Sturdy. Sorry guys, I lost you then. My was my wife. Was, oh, sorry, my wife was ringing me, and I just ditched her. There you go. Mm. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I went. Yeah. You should be sorry. Andy. No, you were talking. No. We were talking about flipping the lens, and I lost you. So what did you? What did oh, you say? I got you. I said there's none of that flippy lens stuff for me. It's pinhole for life, buddy. <laughs> well, you're only jealous because you're not part of the. Uh, I am. Fox Camera Project podcast that we've me and Kevin have just started. Is there Alex in that? Is Alex in that? Yeah, yeah him and him and him and the Piper. Um, Alex. Yeah, he's my favorite photographer in the world. Alex is. I thought I was your favorite photographer in the world. No, no, not by far. <laughs> You're my worst favorite. Photographer. <laughs> I love this one, so you... uh, Kevin. Again, color portrait, but it's. Loads of purple tones and weird things going on in it. Girl on the steps with like wet hair. Uh, yeah, that was oh, yeah. Uh, some portrait. Is that portrait? Mm. Look like Is that four hundred or? Uh, yeah, it was four hundred. Yep. And it, I, it didn't do well in the in the processing. You can see some smears and stuff on it. I don't know if the great. film. No, that's ambiance, my friend. Yeah. yeah, no, that's <laughs> art. No, we call that art. That's right, art. right. Don't, don't apologize for it. People, people do, do, just don't divulge your secrets because people copy them like yeah. me. I think it was just misrolled on the spiral. So, it happens. Yeah, is the color shift you think just down to as a pinhole? The sort of the reciprocity or something or is it just it probably was it was um i know it was raining that day and it was very heavy overcast so the shadows were blocking up pretty heavy on the Mm -hmm. front porch of her house there okay and the light was very the light was very blue anyway because it was late in the day oh yeah and i think i think the portrait was picking that up and then of course sorry go well and then you know the exposure being a little bit underexposed will do that too you get a color shift on Portra. I think, that, yeah, because the ones of the girl in the bathtub, right ahead of that. Uh, yeah, same girl. More that, that say, oh yeah, well they have more of that green, greener tone. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was just the bathroom light was all that was on there. Mm-hmm. So it's probably a, it was. I think it was a, a CFL bulb, so it was probably some funky color cast. Yeah, it's definitely. But in, you know, in those, I don't mind. The color cast because it kind of adds to the ambiance, you know, a little bit. And cool. I think that's I know, one of the things. Was... One of the things about uh, color photography, you touched on it there with pinholes as well. I was, I'm not very good at color correction and things. Then, uh, then it begs the question: Well, what should it look like? You know, because I don't shoot enough color really. I've been shooting portrait 160 in a lensed camera, and I did some portraits, and I figure, well, 
Porter 160 is supposed to be a fairly, you know, it's on the cooler side, isn't it? Of Not like 400, I think. So it's more muted. It's supposed to record right. skin tones pretty well. So, yes. uh, so I was kind of just focusing on that. And then I, I look at the color in the shadows or the blues seem to take on and I can't work out, well, there's nothing I can do about that. That's obviously just how it's meant to be, you know. And I, I just right. tie, sometimes tie myself up in knots trying to play around with the colors, you know, but. Sometimes, I'm the same. I, yeah. I don't like. I, it was. I'm like you on that, Andrew. I don't like scanning for number one, and then having to color correct a scan when from frame to frame, it's not. They're not the same. Yeah, boo. Like, what is that? You know? It's a drag. <laughs> yeah. So I get all excited. I I did a I did some portraits of a lifeguard in Cornwall last year, and I got them. You know, the Royal RNLI, the Royal National Lifeguard. And they have, they're volunteers and they man the beaches, you know, a bit like your bait mm-hmm. watch, only not as sexy. And, uh, <laughs> so I, they're not quite as shimmery and no, oily looking. No. <laughs> or, they're not quite as perky, put it that way. Yeah. They're, not, they're not running in slow motion. No. <laughs> and they tend to be guys, not girls. So they're because, yeah. you know, the weather's cold and, you know, you anyway, we won't go there. You know what happens in the cold weather. So <laughs> the. <laughs> I got this guy, his name was Liam, because I chatted to him. I got. I said, hey, can I take your picture? And I've got this old film camera. It was actually not that. It was a GW690 film camera. So I, I got some, nice. I took some pictures of him and, and I got him to pose and he held this sort of surfboard thing, you know. And it was Portra 160. And I developed them in a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago, maybe over Christmas. And the first one I scanned was this Liam guy and... And it, I just loved the result of it, and I got really excited. And then I scanned another one, and I thought, "Ah, shit! Is, I don't know. It yeah. looks completely different, you know." So I don't know. I like Portra One Hundred and Sixty. I really, and I'm going to persevere with it. But I think part of it yeah. is because I don't do enough of it, you know, to really understand how it works. I'm the same way. Yeah. And it's, yep. it's just color. It's more finicky. You can throw some, you know, some T Max or some D One Hundred in a camera, and you know what you're going to get. Right. So you shot for uh, the Holga Week too, I see here. Um, yeah, I did a few of those. Um, you got some great shots. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, like I, the Ferris was, wheel. I went out to the to the Ooh. state fair and um, to to get some, and I was uh, I was having trouble with my feet, so I wasn't even out there very long. I was just struggling to walk around. So. Right. So That's I got a few. About- the double you've used nighttime exposures and double exposures, I think anyway, um, to great yeah. effect there, Kevin. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I was pretty happy with some of those. Uh, I did some pinhole out there, but I missed the exposure. And so they were very underexposed. Pizza on a stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So good, that's a it? very American thing sounding, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Andrew? I didn't even know it was a thing. Pizza I don't, on a stick. They all put everything <laughs> on a stick. It does. Yeah. You put everything on a stick. Just and they will batter and deep fry anything. Oh, yeah. Thing. Oh, oh yeah. a bit like the Scots then. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> deep fried Mars bars are a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, deep fried. I'll tell you what is beautiful. If you ever find yourself in Scotland, forget deep fried Mars bars. Find a chip shop. Okay. So you know what I'm talking about with a chip shop? Yep. Fish Potato and, chips? But, yeah. So <laughs> a French fry shop. A fish and chip shop. Go there and you'll find... If you if you go to the right chip shop in Scotland, deep fried haggis. Okay, Ugh. so oh. 
but uh, you know, you guys know what haggis is. We're coming up to Burns Night here in the yeah. UK. I think it might even be. Tomorrow. I'm familiar with haggis. Yeah, I haven't ever had any, but I know what it is. So it's kind of. I've had it. Yeah. Do you have? Do you prefer the wild haggis or the farmed haggis, Corey? I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know which one it was. <laughs> the one I had was the wild <laughs> wild haggis um, because they roam free on the on on the hills of. Of, of Scotland always tastes better because they just they 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 love to eat dandelions and uh, and rhubarb leaves, and so mm. wild haggis you'll find always tastes much better than uh, the other <laughs> than farmed haggis. Right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How, what were your um, Kevin? This whole week pictures at the fair. You did multiple exposures. Were those just? Whatever the set shutter speed was, or did you leave, yeah. you know, did you put it on bulb and No, there was just that was just the set shutter speed. Yeah, that's cool. How many times have you used your Holger and not realized you've had it set on bulb mode? Half half the times I've ever used <laughs> yeah. it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Usually the first frame, you're like, Oh man. Yeah. I have to check it. Every time I take a shot I look at it and say, Okay, the the, the slide is pushed to the uh Yeah the end <laughs> you know in, in the uh the, the fpp debonair i like it a little better for doing portraits or something like that with because yeah. you don't have those options but then it's also a struggle because you don't have a tripod now so it's going to be a hand yeah. camera have they got what? any those cameras left in the store because they were they've stopped talking about them now because they had about a million didn't they and uh, they probably still have half a million of them yeah you just get a free roll of film with them as well. I don't know if you still do. Uh, I didn't get a free roll of film when I bought mine. Yeah. That's okay. But the 645, 645 format is, is a format that I, I'm i never sure whether I like it or not. And then I see some pictures, and I like the pictures you've done with yours. And it's it's quite a nice format because it's a bit fatter than a 35-millimeter frame, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Yep, yeah. That's what I've been doing. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, I put the 645 mask in my Holger, and I've been shooting with that. And uh, I don't I even know where, it, actually. I don't even know where my 645 mask is. Yeah, I didn't use it in my Holger um, either, because I had already had the 645 in the, in the Debonair. Yeah, Are there any true. pinhole, commercial pinhole cameras um, that are utilizing that format? I can't think. Yeah, uh, Todd has one. Does he? That's a six four five. Okay. Yeah, it's the um, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, Is terrapin? Yeah, the terrapin. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep, the terrapin. Well, I have one of his uh, the the same version that's going around with the git swap ca camera. Uh, you know, the one with the circular shutter, which I really love. Um, I do love Todd's cameras. I like I like out of all the cameras I use, commercial ones. I think that Todd's shutter where you just stick your finger in a hole and I know I know a song about it. Twist. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that song, I Stuck My Finger in a Woodpecker's Hole? Nope. <laughs> Sing it for us, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> ready? It's not that rude. I stuck my finger in a woodpecker's hole and the woodpecker said, God bless my soul, take it out, take it out, <laughs> remove it. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Yeah, so Todd's. Um... <laughs> I've got the giggles now. I Tom's. Um... I don't think. <laughs> what with haggis, wild haggis, and woodpeckers' holes? Um, I think I <laughs> need to talk about something serious. But yeah. um, Todd Slemmer's 
Kai Schlemmer's cameras with the rotating lens where you just stick your finger in the woodpecker's hole and move it round is just so instinctive and yeah. you get no movement at all and it's really good. I'm surprised. Is it like, like, like an old school phone dial? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, yeah. And uh, I'm surprised Ondu haven't copied it. <laughs> right. Ooh. There you go. He's, <laughs> you're going to go down that road. <laughs> but James has a... Uh... The six by nine, and that's close to the same aspect ratio as six four five, isn't it? Just a little bit longer. Yeah, kind of. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe not. It's close, but there's only um, two, I think. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, it's just uh, opposite <laughs> just on the a, aspect ratio. Yeah, just a bigger. It's just a bigger version of six four five, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. So what else we've we been up to? Um, Kevin, I see that you shoot with the two two five four film, the Kodak stuff. I've done a little mm. bit with it, um, uh, trying that out. I kind of like the funky colors you get from it. Yeah. Um, and I've got a couple of bulk rolls of Kodak twenty two thirty eight. I've been working through. Uh, is that the one that Michael Bartosak is peddling? Yes. yes. Did I say his name right? Anyway. I believe Bartokas? so. I think it's Bartokas. <laughs> Is it anyway, Michael? Sorry, sorry if I yeah. say it wrong, Michael. <laughs> it's it, it's kind of like shooting tech pan or something like that. It's really high contrast. Uh, I haven't shot any of the tech pan or any of that stuff. Have yeah, you? It, I I found I've been doing some portraits with it, but shooting a low contrast lighting setup like a large beauty dish, full lit, and it does really right. well with that because your lighting takes away some of the contrast. Yeah, no. I like so I've just opened one up. This is this is the Kodak twenty two fifty four Vision three ultra low. Are you part of this ultra low club thing? The yeah, the ISO. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this gives a picture of a fire hydrant. I've lost it now. Yeah. I was looking at. Yeah, I've lost it now. Where's it gone? Yeah, I just I was out just uh, trying it out to see how it worked. It was raining that day. Uh, just a little Canon AE one with a fifty wide open. Is some interesting colours. I, I I've just shot with. Tell you what, it's reminding me of a little bit. Not quite the same colour palette, but I've just shot a roll of that Lomography Metropolis colour film, and that has yeah. muted kind of colours. Quite can be quite contrasty, deep blacks and colour yeah. shifts. You know. Are you talking about the the two two five four? Yeah. Album well, yeah. I was looking at Kevin's pictures of the fire hydrants and the two two five four. That's you at the end there, sunning yourself, isn't it, Andrew? That's a portrait of you. <laughs> Hang on, I'm... that's a that's Where's a shimmery that? top you got there, buddy. That? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, those were most of those were taken in right around my studio. It was just raining, and then the ones of the buildings were taken from inside the building where my studio is. Their oh, okay. buildings being converted from office space to residential. Oh, yeah. I see what you've done. All under construction. <laughs> yeah, but it but it did some it does some odd stuff because those were in direct sunshine, like golden hour. Oh wow! And so they're yeah. warm and cool at the same time, and they went really very nice. far to magenta. And uh, does that not? Um, did, so you knew? Did, did you know it was going to shift to that color, or were you desperately trying no. to correct it? <laughs> no, no, I didn't know what it was going to do. And um, I, I knew um, from the guys online that had posted that uh, blues were pretty prevalent. Uh -huh. And uh, and you could see that in the 
in the sidewalk shots where it was raining, the blues are kind of the predominant color shift. And uh, yeah, the shadows tend to blue out on it. Are you, are you have, so this is ISO 3, or you were shooting it at ISO 1.6, or one of the, of the of the crazy paving and the water sign there, which is is it a yeah. fairly shallow depth of field? Are you having yeah, with the light? You have to shoot wide open, are you? Or? Yeah, yeah. That was a fifty millimeter f one point four. And who's selling the film? Is that Michael selling that stuff now? Then the yeah, two two five. I got it from him off his Etsy page. Yeah. Mm. Have you shot any, uh, Corey? I haven't shot any of the. I like it. The two two five four. I I haven't shot any of the. Uh... I was going to ask if either of you have used any of the Cine Steel stuff doing pinhole. Uh, yes, I've got some. Uh, no. Uh, well, the answer is <laughs> I put a roll of Cine Steel 800T yeah. in Todd's camera. That's color, right? Yep. And yeah, uh, yeah, I've got yeah. three rolls of it in the fridge. And I, I, I exposed a couple of frames in Todd's camera and then. I, re- I wound it back in, and I've now loaded it into an RB67 back. Oh, um, so you're doing like a multiple exposure? No, I'm just um, winding it on to frame three or something. You know. Oh, I got you. Uh, yeah, I stuck it in there because I thought I'd get it shot quicker than I would in the pinhole camera. I, I, if you live in a city with lots of bright lights and neon and stuff, you know, the 800T, fantastic. But where I live in, in the sticks... You know, I've got a chemist shop with a partly lit window. And uh, what else? Oh, the hardware store, I thought might be a useful subject. I looked at that in the dark the other night when I was walking the dog. Uh, But these, I love these. I love the color shift and palette that you're getting with this 2254. I might have to to investigate that. It's all gone. Only because I've shot that Lomo... Metropolis recently, and that gives a kind of weird color shift as well. What do you What do you rate in that two two five four at? Um, I think it was rated at it was either three or one point six. Oh god! If you look in the notes, it says one point six. Vision three, one point six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the and thing about had, being part of that ooh. group, isn't it? Because I think Michael talked about it on someone's yeah. podcast. I think he was on Viewfinder Vikings. And he was saying folks just learn off each other, you know, right. as, as to how to shoot it. Oh, cool. It wasn't too bad. I mean, you're, it's like those, those ones of the fire hydrant and the sidewalk, they were, you know, just about as slow a shutter as you could possibly get away with because of the overcast yeah. and the rain. Um, it was, you know, it wasn't particularly easy to, to get something very crisp, but it's also very shallow depth of field, so it's not going to be crisp anyway. Yeah, I think taking oh, yeah. out taking it out in the rain and dim lighting is just ingenious because it's kind of counterintuitive. But I love the results because w- wet sidewalks and you know yeah, pu- puddles that, and stuff. You know, I was we didn't get quite enough rain there to get some reflections. That was what I was kind of looking for—a puddle where I could refl- you know get a reflection of the buildings and stuff like that. Right. The mm. the one. Folks, go on to Kevin's Flickr page and go to the album called 2254. The one that isn't immediately striking, but I've just opened it up on my big screen, Kevin, is the one which says Atlas Life, the building. Yes. And that really pops out. It almost looks like a large format picture where you've used 
focus shift or really shallow focus because you've got that the atlas life sign is in is really sharp and the and the, the building behind it is just maybe not so but right i don't know or or is it i can't tell whether it's properly in there's something about it that sign seems to leap out at me from the screen yeah, I, th I think it's i think a lot of it is falling into the depth of field right um of up its length and then the building obviously it's tipping back to the yeah. view of the camera you start to drop out pretty fast yeah. and of course the, the further you go up the building there's more light you know because you're down you know getting out of the, yeah. the narrow canyon of the buildings so i love it it's worked really well hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm. So, what are you? What's what's um, driving you forward at the moment in terms of projects or interest? You know, with pinhole, uh, Kevin. What are you? Uh, what, what are you? What are you working on at the moment, or what do you want to? What do you want to do next? With um, I'm wanting to get out um, north and west of us here in Tulsa, not very far away you get to the edge of the tall grass prairie and um, basically there's prairie from north central Oklahoma all the way to Canada. That's just, you know, grass that's six foot tall and, you know, like, wow. the, you know, the old idea of the Buffalo roaming and stuff like that. Well, we have that here and, uh, you know, it's just a little bit of a drive to get up there, but I'm wanting to go up there and, um, and shoot some of some, of, I call it the great emptiness because that's basically what it looks like. It's just long rolling hills with no trees and big bluebird skies. You know, we don't, if we get clouds, we're clouded, you know, completely clouded over. If we don't have clouds, there's nothing all the way to the horizon. And so it is for me. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so, there's, a, there's a lot of scope for what, what do they call that negative space, isn't it? You know, big empty spaces and right. mm -hmm. really interesting compositions. Yeah. And, I mean, you can go up there and drive and drive uh, for, you know, three or four hours and uh, not see anybody. Uh, so occasionally see some cows or some buffalo or something like that because it, um, you're basically driving through people's ranches, but it's still considered open range. Is it? And so there's access. I mean, obviously, you don't, you know, go driving off through the grass. You know, that's just going to cause a problem and, you, and you'll get arrested for that eventually. <laughs> but. I thought you guys shot all the buffalo. Are they, are they still got? Some, are they oh, they're still buffalo. Yep. Or bison. Yeah. Same. Is, is buffalo yeah. the same, same as thing. bison? Is it? Yes, they are. There was a program on the TV last year, and it showed. It talked about the just quite how many buffalo there used to be roaming free. You know, like in the eighteen hundreds. And yeah, then there's these, these photographs of piles of bones, like a small mountain. You know, with like some right. guy smiling in front of it. You know, all dead buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, they, I, I, they believe there was like 60 million buffalo at one time. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of steaks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, they fed a lot of people off of those and yeah. ate a lot of leather and hides from buffalo. But um, they've reintroduced them, quite a few. Um, the Tallgrass Prairie has a herd of a couple of hundred head up there. Um, but, you know, with them, you, you can't get out of your car around them because they're very aggressive. And you know, because they, it. they think you're going to shoot him, you shoot him, probably. <laughs> yeah, they have a reason to be. But a lot of people will have seen, you know, most people have seen a cow, how big they are. A buffalo can be twice as big. Don't tell Neil Piper. 
I was going to say, you hear that, Neil? Neil, yeah, America. You're scared of those buffaloes, mate. Scared of a little Frisian. Scared of a little Frisian. the buffaloes eyeballs you. I laughed. I laughed listening to that. It's like, dude, they're just cows. No, but they're I'm actually staring angry. Yeah. Might, we might take the Mickey out, Neil. But actually, you know, there's been some incidents in the UK of folks yeah. actually being killed by cows. Um, yeah. There's been some. There's been one or two people trampled. I think if you've taken no. a dog, if you've taken a dog with you and it's off the lead, and they've got right. young, they've got youngsters. You know, the cows, the cows can kind of. No, that, and that's true. I mean, you're dealing with yeah. You're dealing with an animal that weighs up to two thousand pounds. So yeah, you don't want to yeah. you don't want to mess with him. You know, but no, you're still a pussy, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> but, we love you. Um, we love you. That's that's one of my goals. I want to do um, some more uh, urban decay type stuff. Um, there's parts of Tulsa that are falling apart. Uh, we're in a big there's a big mode of gentrification going on right now. So some of the stuff that I posted pictures of on worldwide pinhole day, like the building with the car sticking out, that building's gone now. Oh yeah. I was just looking at those. Yeah. That's I was thinking that's a cool building. Yeah. It was an old, and that building was uh, the back side of it was falling in. It needs oh, to go, yeah. you know, it's just disintegrating. And, but a lot of those places, um, are just being bulldozed or renovated and used. And uh, it's kind of a shame, but I mean, it's also like, that's a pretty sketchy neighborhood, you know? Right. So I like your, I like your pictures of bikes uh, on the fence. Yeah. That's a, that's a place here in town. That's that place is crazy over there. It's just everywhere. uh, Right. It's crazy, huh? Yeah. (laughs) It's just like that. There's it's a, it's a place that does furniture restoration, like for chairs and stuff. Yeah, is have the biggest collection of junk inside their fence. Huh? Yeah. You have to click on that picture, Andrew, because it it looks different when you click on it. Where are you now, mate? Fence. Which 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 uh, album are you looking in? Worldwide pinhole. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Two nineteen. Mm-hmm. Click on that bike, uh, and it's which one? The one where the bike's up on the uh, up in the air, fence, or the yeah, yeah, the one where it's up on the fence, and it's just, you can mm-hmm. see the whole it, yeah. Yeah, the benefits right. of wide angle there. Is that uh, is, is that? Was, did you go to the Boston meetup, or was it just on the day where you? Had just the on the day, I didn't. I didn't get to travel. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, so we have those the... those silly lime scooters all over town. Uh, you yeah. find those things in random places, tripping over them. Yeah. What are those? Yeah. Oh, those little rental things. Yeah, yeah the little electric scooters. Yeah. Someone uh, comes around in the evening in the van and charges them all up and dumps them somewhere right. for the next day. Huh. But you'll, I, we'll, we'll find those like, because they're, they're mainly used in downtown, but you'll find them 10 miles outside of town, like laying on the side of the road. It's like, where did you uh, steal it? And then realize uh, that they're tracking it. Uh, <laughs> I like um, on also in that same group, Slug, you call it Slug Bug One, the one with the building the car yeah. poking out the building yeah. it's a pretty much everything i like about pinhole photography there you right into the sun with the you've captured the, the sunbeams uh, yeah you, you you're low to the ground you've got some uh, good perspective and just a bit weird isn't it you know? yeah yeah that's what i was talking about that building is gone now uh, okay it's been demoed and oh that's the one sorry i missed that bit of the conversation yeah. and then and that was just a i did not realize that pinhole did that when the sun was in the frame yeah 
I just figured it would blow out that corner. Like, oh, no. no, the way it captures light streaming through is, yeah. I think it's, it's kind one of, of the great it is. And it sort of you could take that in kind of all kinds of interesting ways, couldn't you, about capturing time and light and movement and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good idiot stuff. Yeah. HP five, there it is again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start using some of that in mine. I have. I normally just try to stick with slow film, but I think I'm going to try the. Yeah, it, I. You know, it all depends on. You know what? How you know? Like here, we're pretty much. I'm sure it's like you, Corey. It's you have a lot of light, or you don't have much. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, that's you how know, it is for me. You know, it's like when it's bright here, it's like that. You're like, ah, it's a constant squint mode. Yeah. And uh, so you, you know. What, you know, what do you want your shutter speed to be? I use a lot of Kodak T-Max 100 because we use, generally it's only about a five-second exposure or a three-second exposure in, you know, right. in bright sunshine. But if I go out to Mohawk Park and shoot in the woods out there, that slows way down. And you're getting a lot of light through the trees, but then the shadows are trying to block up. So yeah. I'll, use a, I'll use a faster film there. Do you like, uh, do you like the HC-110? Um, kind of mixed results with it. Right. I, I get, I can't figure out like FP4. I don't yeah. like it in, with FP4. Yeah. But you've Every, got lots of different I, I, dilutions I, and options, though, haven't you, with it? Yeah, there is. And, uh, well, I use a sim in, in the UK. There's this, the, the Ilford make the version. It's called L. Uh, I think it's what's it called? It might just be called HC or something. I don't know, but it's this, the same gooey stuff, but right. made by Ilford. But they also make a something called LC twenty nine, Ilford LC twenty nine, which is uh, it's not apparent at first. But if you read the data sheet, it says it's the same formulation as the sticky stuff. It's just it's more um, it's more fluid. But they've just changed the uh, they've just changed the di- they've just changed the formulation, haven't they, for HC one ten, and it is now runnier than it used to be. Yeah, I have an older so, bottle. Right, but I've had some. Uh, I've gone back to using LC twenty nine for HP five, FP four. Not all the time because I'm using other things as well, but uh, yeah. just for convenience and get, uh, getting some nice results. I'm using LC twenty nine at one to twenty nine is, uh, but it you know I don't know how that relates to HC one ten, but it's effectively the yeah. same stuff, but thinned hmm. thinned down a bit. Yeah. So, but it works well on your HP5, doesn't it? Nice results. Yeah, it it, it works really well with that uh, HP5 and D100 likes it, or I like it in those. Yeah. Um, but I've, I, when I started out doing film, I was just D76 was available at the local shop, and that's mm. what I started with. Yeah. No, I still and, use uh, it. Well, ID11. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a really good developer. Mm-hmm. And um, but I have been experimenting a little bit. I I got a bottle of Rodinol. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's so popular, I wanted to give it a try. Well, keep that's right. Keep yes. that and use it for your X-ray developing when you get get your X-ray films going. Yeah, I have. I didn't think about that because I haven't shot any X-ray in a while. And uh, we and follow the James Gurin method. I'll have to look that up then. Yeah, so, it's, you won't find it as a James Gurin method. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> just develop it for five minutes and no agitation every minute. What dilution? One to one hundred, or if you want it wow. slight, if you want it slightly contrastier, uh, one to fifty. But start at one to one hundred, and um, 
turn the sheet over in the tray. Yeah. Once, just once every minute. And don't that's what it. I, the last time I shot some x-ray, that's what I did because of the first time I ever shot any, I did the normal agitation, scratched it all up. Well, it'll the contrast, if you're not careful, will take off too much as well. Okay. Oh, that's what you you found that didn't you, Corey, when you first started using the X-ray tool? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And then I want to try and do what um, Marcus Marco was doing with the developing both sides of it. Marco Musevich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, exposing both sides. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I still haven't quite got my head around that. Well, so yeah. you shoot it and you take it out and you flip it over and you shoot well, it. Well, he's shooting it in, if you if you go on to that, we spoke about this, didn't we, with James. If you go on to his page, Marco Musevich, he, uh, have I got the right Marco? Mm-hmm. I think so. He's uh, doing these cityscapes with exposing the image on both sides of the yeah. emulsion. Yeah, but he's using side. a two-sided pinhole camera, a bit like, yeah. what James is looking at doing for his red, so you can shoot red scale and normal normal photography all on one roll of film, which is really yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's that, fun. Yeah. That, that sounded interesting to me too because I haven't done any red scale. Uh-huh. I haven't either. I've done loads. You'll be surprised to hear. Mm. Of course you have, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Poundland film. Done, Poundland film was good re- for that. Poundland. But film. have you done red scale salt prints? I think not. <laughs> no. No, I could. Um, I've got some a new projects involving salt prints all planned. Yeah. And if you listen to yesterday's episode of the large format photography podcast, I bang on about it at length. So I won't do that here. You'll be pleased to hear. Cool. Yeah. Um, Part of the uh, renovations that are going on in Tulsa, Tulsa sits on Route 66 and uh, goes straight through the middle of town all the way through. And they're starting to, for whatever reason, somebody in the past outlawed neon signs in the city. I don't know why. Why would you do that? I have no idea. You know, because somebody probably thought it looked like Vegas or something. Right. (laughs) So a lot of the signs are still up, but they can't run the neon. And they're starting uh, to renovate those signs now and fix the neon on them. And, uh, cool. uh, and the Route 66 uh, development group, is, is they're doing a lot of work on Route 66, cleaning it up. There's a lot of old rundown buildings. And, is it, and a lot of people are renting those places now and cleaning them up and putting in shops or businesses, things like that. Because that's what they did on that 100-mile stretch between Seligman and uh, Williams, I think. Uh, most of it's on the I-40 now, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I-40 is kind of the new highway. So are you talking about what's left of the old route where you are in Tulsa? The, the original? Yeah, yeah well, it's, it's all still there. You can drive Route 66 all the way across Oklahoma. But isn't yeah. some of it, doesn't some of it then become the I-40, though, or is it still? No, I-40 runs parallel to it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and, old, old and I-40 runs... I forty runs all the way to Wilmington, actually. Yeah, it goes from Wilmington to California, right? Bakersfield, California, or somewhere. I can't remember. I think it's Bakersfield. Yeah, somewhere out there. Yeah. Uh, but so, Route sixty six goes through Oklahoma. Of course, you can if you drive it, you go through every little town. Yeah. 
you know, every 10, 12 miles, there's another little town. Till you get out yeah, the west, yeah. the west side, they start to spread out. But on this end of the state, it's you know, it's uh, it's like that here. Um, it's not Route sixty six, but you know the that rural kind of going through yeah little towns, and then you drive for twenty minutes, and then there's you come into one, and the speed drops to twenty five miles an hour. You know, then you exactly. Get, like, Two or three blocks, and then like you know, then you're back, right up, back to up, speed. up to whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess what behind a farmer hauling hay or something. Yeah, like that, you know, <laughs> those dang buffalo. That's what yeah. I liked about driving around, uh, driving different parts of the states, is picking those routes. I say, right, I want to go from A to B. You know, like uh, Alex was talking about on the show a few weeks ago. I want to go from A to B, but I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to get there. So we're just going to follow this tiny little road. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, because if you just take 40, I mean, that's just convenience is all it is. Yeah. And, you know, it's and 80 miles an hour and there's nothing out there. Yeah. No. Right. If you take, you know, the side roads and the back roads, mm-hmm. you run into all kind of crazy stuff. Crazy um, people I'm, with shotguns. Dude. I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure it's far more interesting in Osaka, oh, yeah. Japan than it is here where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. the back roads, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, well, but that's because we live here too long. You know, so I'm sure Andrew's the same way. You know, it's just like, oh, there's nothing here to do, nothing here to see. Well, he's got the fins. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I know. I force my, I force myself. I, I'm very much aware of that, but I force myself to uh, revisit the same places in different lighting conditions and be constantly inspired through new eyes. That's what I try and do. It's not always easy, but that's what you got to try and do. No, and and I've been doing the same thing. Um, there's times that if I see something like that or I see an interesting light, I just take a cell phone snap mm-hmm. and um, just to reference e- exercise that creativity. Yeah. And like if I'm at the laundromat doing laundry, just sitting there zoned out, it's like, Oh, that light's really cool coming through the window or the silhouette of the person standing there. Yeah. That kind of yeah. thing. And I think it helps because then it helps us definitely helps you with pre-visualization when you're doing pinhole work, mm. you know, what am I fixing to see here? Because, you know, that's most people that don't do any kind of film or, or pinhole. They're like, well, how do you how do you look through there? Like, well, <laughs> you don't look through there. You don't. Yeah. And uh, yeah. There's a, it's alien to them. And I said, no, it's a really good exercise because it it helps you in other forms of photography, too. Because, you know, yeah. you already, you know, have it fixed in your mind what you're going to get before you've even looked through the viewfinder of an SLR or a medium format. Mm-hmm. And, uh, already know. Right. Yep. And, and it's, 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 it's similar with like the lumen box. That was, that was very interesting playing around with that. Yeah. I uh, see you have these two pictures that you've, that you've done with that, with the little radio flyer. How did, yeah. tell us about your camera. How did you make that? Did you just use a little, I, I actually bought one. That's a little uh, Yoderman lumen box. I got on Etsy. It's a little tiny one. It takes like a two inch square image. Hmm. And, uh, I was just playing around with that at my parents' house over the holidays. So you're yeah. making your exposure, and then and then you're just developing the paper. No, or what yeah. are you doing? What's your process? Well, uh, basically, he uh, when you buy the little camera, he has got already has the paper. I think it's just uh, Ilford Multigrade. You right. wet. It. You just, I just got a little bowl of water. You dip that in there. You stick it in the camera. You take it out. Those were twenty to thirty minute exposures. Huh. And then you take it out of the camera, and, and those I just did a cell phone snap up. And, oh, I got you. And just uh, inverted them. 
Yeah, invert them and do a curves adjustment because they're very faint. Right. Uh, uh, it's pretty crazy though. But as as the image, I just stuck them in a uh, uh, an empty uh, film box to preserve them because they they can the process continues the chemical process continues hmm. and then um, if you scan them you're in, reintroducing light to them again um, and the contrast starts to build on on the print. Uh, gotcha. And, like solar graphs and Right, yeah. and it's very interesting because it's like okay, there's some like. There's some voodoo going on there. How's that working? <laughs> right. You think it's like, okay, I need to fix this now. No, you don't need to fix it. It's, it's like the that. direct, the direct positive, the Ethan Moses stuff he's been promoting. And some, some other people are starting right. to do it in the, in the group, aren't they? The direct positive, um, bringing up, uh, someone was doing some on the, in the group, but color pictures, just. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's all witchcraft crazy. as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's some alchemy going on or something. So does your lumen box have a lens or Yeah, it has a little tiny meniscus lens. It looks almost right. like the lens out of a hawkeye or something like that. It's just right. short. Hmm. Um, I guess uh um he had it you know figured out what focal length it needed to be because it's just a paper box basically. It's folded. This is the guy who's making them, isn't it? What's his name? Did, did you mention it uh, earlier? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of his name. It's Jotterman. Yeah. Is J O T E R M A N is his page on Etsy, and he's made like wooden ones that are bigger, like you know. Yeah, I've looked at his five, stuff before. We had someone on the show before Curry who was using them, but I'm so yeah. we've done so many of these shows, and I can't remember who it is. Yeah. Maybe one or two people have used them, and I've looked on his website after. No, it, it was um, Graham. It was Graham, was it? Yeah, Graham yeah. Young. Yep. There, yes, and that you know, you were talking about flipping a lens on a Hawkeye. That's what a flipped lens on a Hawkeye looks, looks like. Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, yeah, gotcha. that's it. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Mm, and cool. so it's very interesting because it's, but it's you know it's a a time consuming process because even in bright sunshine you're talking about fifteen to twenty minutes, and if it's low overcast, I mean it could go two hours like really quick. You know, uh, so you just you don't completely saturate it. You just take a damp rag and just wipe over it, or you just dip well, it in water and put it in. I dip it in water. The first time I did that, I just had a sponge and I wiped on it because I didn't want to like get the box all wet and it like right. didn't do anything. Uh, and I, I got online and people were showing they just were dunking the piece of paper in water and then loading it. And you don't have to have a dark bag. You don't have to deal with that. Obviously, if you have it the film or the paper out very long, it's going to fog. Yeah, but uh. You know, it's really slow ISO, so it can afford a little bit if it's not direct sunshine. Negative 300 or something? Yeah. <laughs> it's just very in, it's an interesting process. I, I would like to try it on a larger scale than like a two-by-two. Two. That's a pretty small. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if you can do it. So you could do it. Can you just do it with like a regular pin, like a pinhole? Yeah, your exposure just gets super long. Just takes really long time. Yeah, it comes like almost like a like a solar graph, then doesn't it? Like a right. beer can, a beer can type uh, exposure. Yeah, because mm -hmm. yeah, that lumen box, that lens is probably a three eighths in diameter, and it's shooting wide open. Right. And the focal length is probably two inches. <laughs> so that's quite a bit of light getting into the box. Um, yeah, a it pin takes hole, twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, it takes twenty minutes to expose that, and so yeah, pinhole would definitely take you know a couple of days at least. But I mean, that's the whole point of doing a solar graph, too. 
that's what I'm getting into. I like these long projects, like stand yeah. developing and everything. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't tried any of the stand development on color. Um, I know Probably. Michael Bartosek had, he, he was messing around with that. He said he got lazy and didn't want to heat his chemicals up and did them at room temp. Yeah, that's what and, I do. I just drop it yeah. in there, let it sit. I'm about to do yeah. it as soon as I finish this podcast. I have, I have two rolls. I did yesterday or the day before that, um, I got hanging that I have to scan and um, pinholes. Uh, one roll is a pinhole, and then one roll I shot some old Fuji expired 160 film, color film mm-hmm. uh, in my Holga, and I put the uh, I was shooting it with the 645 mask, so I got 16 cool. shots off of a roll. That's cool. So I got to scan those. Um, but yeah, I mean, I it's it works for me, so I'm just yeah. Well, that's the but whole I, thing, you know, is the I know people will say, oh, well, it, you know, it takes too long to do the stand. It's like, well, it takes about 20, 30 minutes to heat the chemicals up. So, yeah. yeah. Well, but see, I was never, I never got onto the, um, uh, the color development where everybody gets to see the sous vide yeah. cooker, you know, and they sit there and they keep it at the exact temperature. I got a pot from um, an old pot, like a three quart pasta pot, you know. Yeah, I put my chemistry in there and just dump some water in and put it on the stove. And it took about five minutes for it to come up the temperature. And then I took it off and I just developed it that way. I, you know, so I never, yeah, I, 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 if you get the water hot in a, in a plastic bowl or something to it, it, it stays close enough in order to yeah. do the developing. I had just been using an old crock pot myself. So yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So, but yeah, so I wasn't, I always heated my chemis- the chemistry up. Mm-hmm. So, yes, of course, I was doing it that way. I wasn't doing the stand with it. Uh, so, But I never tried to get, you know, technically yeah. perfect with it anyways. You know what I mean? So right. the stand works for me. I could just put it in there and right. go about my day, you know. And then because I, I did the developer for 45 minutes, agitate for 30 seconds. And then I the kid I have, the bleach and the fixer are together. It's like the, the right. blicks, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And I let you, that stand for 45 minutes and then so rinse the stabilizer for two minutes. And just, that's it. just a minute then, because I'm about to do this okay. as soon as I finish. Okay. So I've got, uh, I'm using the Cinestill kit, but it's still got bleach and fix together. So, because I've got this found film and it's, I've no idea what's on it. I've not, there might not yeah. be anything on it, but it's old anyway. So I was going to give it longer than 45 minutes. I was going to give it an hour because it's a nice round number sure and then do i then have to do the blicks for a similar time is that what you're saying uh i do what i do is i'll do the pre-soak for three minutes Mm -hmm. at room temperature water i get my little out of the tap and then i just use my um just bring that to the same temperature you know yeah then a developer uh and then yeah, I I do the bleach and the fixture for forty five minutes, but it's doubled up, so you could do each one for forty five minutes. You see what I'm saying? Well, I've got the, it's a combined bleach and fix. That's what I have. Yeah, yeah, the bleach. Yeah. No. Well, I'll give now, it the same. I'll give it the, the same. Kit or... Do what? Are you using the FPP kit that has the stabilizer too? Yeah. Well, no. I'm yeah, using, that's the one I use. I'm using that's the, the one I use. Kit, which I may well be the same. I don't know. Well, the Cinestill kit doesn't have the stabilizer. Does it? Mine does. So you have the tetanol. Yours is tetanol. No, mine's Cinestill. I can assure you, yeah. it's got stabilizer. Okay. 
Yeah, because yeah, the cat know. from Cinestill doesn't have that. It's just too bad. That's it's, it. No, it has a stabilizer. Honestly, <laughs> mine does. So it, um, the, the Cinestill kit comes from Berlin, but it gets imported into the UK uh, via Bristol cameras. And uh, yeah, the developer, it's a very easy thing to use. It says you don't have to use a stabilizer, but it gives it to you. Yeah, hmm. you can. And, and if you have... If you're if you have the color kit that has the bleach and the fixer separate, you can skip the bleach you can. step, and that's that's the bleach bypass yeah. process. Yeah. A bit like a heart bypass. Yeah, you get uh, different colors and stuff. I think I have I haven't done, I don't have that. I can't do that because my bleach is the blicks are together, so I kind of yeah. That's to do it, that's but. the one I'd had. I I had used the Cinestill first had good results from it. And then I bought a pack of the FPP that had the additional stabilizer mm-hmm. and I got two rolls out of it. And I don't know if I contaminated the uh, developer and it was everything that came out of it. The next two rolls were blank. Wow. So that was, I'm just that was using the, uh, I'm using the Sinistil kit starts about three and a half minutes, I think, but then somebody, yeah. somebody usefully printed out a, a cheat sheet for, subsequent times you know so i think i'm up to yeah, about a percentage yeah it's about two percent or three percent yeah. yeah. i think i'm up to about roll 15 or something at the moment but it's still going fine and i think i'm only up to about four and a half minutes so seems all right. right so on their blog post uh one of the guys there with the fpp he had done like 38 rolls yeah i'm, I'm close to that yeah i mixed mine and I think it's 2018. <laughs> I've wow. been using the same color batch. <laughs> but what I do is once I finish with the with the developer and I pour it out, mm-hmm. um, I'll get the temp the water at the same temperature and do one quick just fill up and dump out and rinse as in the bleach. I mean the f- developer out so that whenever I you, you know, don't contaminate in, your blicks. Uh, yeah, I'm not contaminating my blicks. I'm trying to keep it as minimal as yeah, possible. Yeah, I use them. There's still uh, some in there, but I mean it's not. Yeah, I use, I, use a, with it. I use a quick water yeah. bath in between. It doesn't say to do that, but I do. You know. Yeah, I do that just to keep it going. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, and my blicks right now when I pour it out, man, it's almost like it's getting thick, like <laughs> jelly, you know, almost, oh, almost wow. to that point. Like, I mean, not quite, but I mean, you can tell that it's it's getting kind of blobby, you know. Yeah. But I just it's got to be all that. Got to be all the unused silver that's breaking off of the film. Yeah. Or I assume color film has silver. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah. In other words, it just dies. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. I'm not sure. Andrew, mm-hmm. give us a give us give us a technical breakdown of color film. Don't know, mate. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Corey Cannon, draw this lovely podcast to a close because I've got. To... Okay. I've got a, Better um, things to do. No, my, to no say? My, good, my good lady's trying to get hold of me, and I do need to speak to her. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> well, Kevin. Plus, uh, I've got better things to do. Let uh, what'd you say, Norham? <laughs> let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, Instagram, um, wherever. Um, I have two Instagram pages. Uh, one's for more of my digital portrait work at uh, just under my name, Kevin Camp Photography, and then I have uh, more film work, pinhole just random stuff at a, a page called I and lens and light. It's also under my name. So it's a common cool. deal. And then my Flickr account um, uh, under my name 
should it should be pretty easy to find. Um, awesome. And uh, then on Facebook, just under my name, I have no life, so my life is photography. So. <laughs> <laughs> and are you in the Facebook group? Yes, you're in the Facebook yes, group. Yeah, yeah, I'm in all the Facebook groups, the film photography ones, and several of the pinhole nice. groups too. Cool. And uh, awesome. A lot of amazing artists in there. Yeah, it's fun. Yes. Uh, we had a coffee donation this week, Mr. Cannon. We have. Um, Mr. Uh, Michael, if I say your last name wrong, I apologize. But um, Michael Rattel, R-A-T-E-L. Mm-hmm. Could be. He, he helped us out. So. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, Mike's pretty active in, yeah. the, in the group. Yeah, in the Facebook group. Stuff. Thanks, Michael. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, you'll, at this rate, you'll be able to afford to buy a... Um, Plane Pass- no passport <laughs> <laughs> yeah keep donating um, so we're in the buy curry cannon a passport fund <laughs> I think I'm going to take a boat over if I ever come <laughs> okay dokie watch out yeah be so cool. where can folks find you if they want to see your pinhole wonderful pinhole me work? yeah Instagram mm-hmm. I'm on Instagram at uh, pinhole cannon that's pretty much it and in yeah. the Facebook group yeah Clearly, you need to spend more time at the Facebook group because you don't realize when people are, people are slagging you off. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So we'll right. see folks in a couple of weeks, I guess. Yeah, we'll talk to everybody soon. Thanks so much, Kevin. Uh, Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate enjoy- it very much. Enjoyed it no. very much. It's nice to have a uh, nice to have a chat and yep. some great work on there. Oh well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Enjoy the enjoy the podcast very much. And uh, thanks. Just keep up. I do a wonderful work. job, don't I? You do a great yeah. job. You do. Okay. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Such humility. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Bye. Bye. Right on. But uh, it's not like a uh, vacation destination. Right, well, I won't yeah. come and stay with you then. <laughs> you're safe. You're safe from Andrew showing up with his caravan in your driveway. Then, Kevin. <laughs> now, wait, I'll say this we have beautiful places to go camping, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean,.